Hello and welcome to Akeem's Dream Show. And today we're going to be talking about burning love, humans' obsession with fire. Oh yeah. Lord Almighty, feeling my temperature rising. Mm. Higher and higher, it's burning through to my soul. Girl, girl, girl. You're gonna set me on fire. Woo! You're gonna set me on fire. What is our obsession with fire? Someone says, man, that, that show was fire last night. Man, that was flames, bro. That shit was lit. We're obsessed with it, aren't we? Fire, lit, flamers. We use it as adjectives, verbs. We almost, we almost use it as much as we use the word fuck. And that's a pretty all-time legendary word. I think there's something we can learn from our obsession with fire. And I tie everything back to history. If you think about the history of mankind, fire is a direct son of the sun. No pun intended. And I think we are obsessed with fire because by extension, the sun historically was the only thing we could really count on in our day-to-day lives. I have a question for you. Who doesn't like good old campfire, some fireworks, maybe some candles by the bedside or on the side of the tub during a nice soak. You're short of being burnt alive. We can't really help ourselves with our obsession with fire. I used to work at a restaurant called Earl's as a, as a cook. And I used to work on the appetizers line because I had no really cooking skills at the time. I was 14. But I remember when I was chopping up the sushi and dropping the the calamari, I used to look across the line and see these guys working the pans. In the pan section, they could uh, flame up food. So they would have like some food in the dish and then it was a super hot oven or super hot stovetop. And then all of a sudden they put some uh, oil on the food and the oil would cause a grease fire and they would do it on purpose. It looked so fucking badass. They would just, and a huge flame would just fire up. I'd be like, damn, that's, that's dope. And it goes back to this historical obsession we have with fire. We need to see flames. Now, if you think about in our culture, what it means, I derive everything back to Greek mythology because the Greeks, say what you will about the Greeks, but they had some ideas for the importance behind things. Now, you have to go all the way back to the Battle of the Titanomachy, which was the gods versus the Titans, and the gods kicked the Titans' ass. Uh, This is back in Greek mythology we're talking. The gods kicked the Titans' ass, And all the Titans, except for two, fought on the side of the Titans. The two that didn't fight on the side of the Titans were named Prometheus and Epimetheus. Now, for fighting with the gods, Zeus said, listen, thanks for helping us out. Uh, We're going to give you guys some tasks to do as a way of saying thank you. So Prometheus, you're you're in charge of uh, creating something for Earth. And Epimetheus, you're in charge of creating something for Earth. Epimetheus, it means afterthought or not smart not very forward thinking, not very strategic at all. So Epimetheus goes down, runs down, doesn't think about it at all, and just starts creating all these crazy looking creatures, fish, birds, animals, weird looking lizards. He creates all the animal kingdom, Epimetheus does, because he wasn't really thinking about it. Now, animals are beautiful, but in the context of the story, there wasn't much thought about behind them. Prometheus, though, Prometheus, which is another word of another way of saying forethought, strategy, Uh, logic, common sense, progress. This guy, he thinks about, he's like, what do I want to contribute to the earth as my contribution to the gods? And he goes and he creates mankind. 
and to set mankind up. This is how important fire was to the ancient Greeks to set man to set my mankind up. He goes and gives them fire from Olympus because Prometheus knew deep down that the only way that these humans would thrive and outwit the crazy creatures running around them is if they had fire, fire. But Prometheus, a bit of a provocateur, decided one day to give Zeus a big bowl of bones disguised as uh, fat from a cow. And Zeus wanted the fat, the tasty fat, and instead he bit into some bones and he was so pissed that he took away the fire from Prometheus's humans, the gift of fire. He took it away. He said, hey, you play, play a trick on me. I'm taking this fire back. And Prometheus was like, oh, damn, I didn't want that to happen. I need my humans to succeed. They need this fire. For Prometheus, he, this was not good. So he went back up to Mount Olympus in the dead of night, stole that fire back, took uh, fennel stock, took a little bit of fire, brought it back down to the humans on Earth. And the humans were able to progress, right? Because fire meant you can make tools, meant you could cook food, which in turn meant you could uh, get bigger brains, evolve, out, get to the top of the food chain, right? Fire is everything. Fire is everything. And the Greeks knew this. So Prometheus did this. And Zeus, Zeus wanted loyal people on Earth, right? To the gods, loyal to the gods. Zeus wanted obedience. He said, if I have these creatures on this Earth, they got to they gotta give sacrifices to the gods. They got to look up to us. They got to be God-fearing. But if they have fire, they're not going to be as God-fearing because, they, shit, they're sorted out. What do I need Zeus for, man? I got this flame right here. So Zeus didn't like this. And on top of Prometheus uh, stealing the fire, he didn't like the fact that these humans had all this progress now because of this fire. So Zeus goes and does what Zeus does. He said, okay, Prometheus, you fucked me over. Uh, fool me once, shame on me. Fool me twice, shame on you. He puts Prometheus on a rock, chained to a rock, and he orders a vulture to go and eat its liver, eat Prometheus, his liver out every single night. This is a barbaric thing to do, of course, because Prometheus is a, he's a titan, so he's immortal. He's going to live forever. So every night his liver heals back and he has to suffer this for eternity. Now, the point of the story is <laughs> uh, he ends up getting saved by Hercules later on. But the point of the story was around the hot idea of fire. So Prometheus brought fire to humans in Greek mythology. And the reason why it's so important is because that was, and the reason why Prometheus is loved amongst Greek mythology and amongst uh, scholars is because he understood the progress it represented for humans to get out of the, uh, to get at the bottom, from the bottom of the food chain to the top of the food chain. It was literally the catalyst for everything else that came after. So if we think about in real life, cause that's mythology, what, what actually happened in real life? Well, Two, three million years ago, when we were hominids scavenging around like the Flintstones, we had no fire, but there was lightning, right? So lightning would strike and it would start a fire and we would stumble upon it and be like, oh shit, that's cool. So we would have these accidental fires and sometimes we'd accidentally cook a root or cook a piece of meat and it would be more nutritious, right? It would cook it through, make it softer, make it more palatable, make it easier to digest. But we weren't able to cultivate these fires because we had no idea what was going on. We, were, we had monkey brains two, three million years ago. Slowly, as we stumbled upon more and more fires, we were able to cook more and more food. Our, our brains got a little bit bigger, but we were still kind of foraging, right? We were foraging for these fires. We weren't able to really develop our own. But we began, it began this obsession because what is this black magic, this flame from the sky? And I think that's probably where Zeus came, came in for the ancient Greeks. Like this lightning is coming from the sky and it's creating fire. 
Zeus or Prometheus. They're probably getting it mixed up. You know, fires helped us cook different kinds of foods, right? Meats and anything that was previously undigestible suddenly became digestible and it increased our brain size over time. You progress about five, half a million, maybe a million years, and we're able to start making fire pits. We are not able to make the fires yet, but we have these fire pits where we can lift the fire up or find a fire and contain it. And we don't even know how to fuel it yet. We just know that it's there. And if we can protect it, somehow it will last longer. Progress another half million years. And uh, we figure out, okay, we can start fires. There's kindling, all this kind of stuff, which is a kind of funny thing because three, 400,000 years ago, we figured out how to start making fires for the first time. And there is many people in society today, 2021, that have no idea how to rub two sticks together and start a fire on their own without a lighter or some gasoline, generous amounts of gasoline. A lot of people still can't, still can't start a fire to save their own life. So it's kind of sad that our ancient sapiens from three, 400,000 years ago could start a fire and some of us still can't, but I digress. So you think about the science of fire. We're not going to get too boring with this, but it's always interesting to think about the sun and how fire relates back to the sun. Because I think the real reason, like I said earlier, the reason why we're so obsessed with fire is because it is reminiscent of the sun, which even our distant uh, relatives, the humanoids from two, three million years ago, saw the sunrise every day, saw it set every day. And as soon as we had fire, it's like we we're harnessing the sun. And for those who are making the link between the sun and the fire, let me remind you of energy. Energy never is destroyed. It only transforms. It only converts. We will never die. We will only multiply. So CO2 is a, is a tight bond, right? In the atmosphere, in the earth. And sunlight, sunlight comes and it breaks it up into carbon and oxygen. Carbon goes and makes trees, goes and makes plants, goes and makes all these things. And O2 bounces around. And O2 and, and carbon, they're kind of like, they're kind of like a boy and a girl on the opposite ends of a dance floor, right? They, they bounce off each other, but really what they really want more than anything is to be together. They really want to be together. So let's pretend the boy is carbon and the girl from across the bar is oxygen. They see each other, they're floating around and they, they kind of see each other, but they don't know what to do, right? And this is kind of how fire gets started. You have oxygen, you have carbon, and it takes heat, it takes some kind of friction, it takes some kind of catalyst or spark to bring these people together. So let's say you're on the dance floor one night, the carbon's on the other one side, the oxygen's on the other side, and all of a sudden, Somebody call now, one, one. Fire on the Whoa. and all of a sudden, Sean Kingston is lighting that match. Not lighting that match, he's rubbing those sticks together. That friction is hot enough, that carbon comes to the dance floor, and that oxygen comes to the dance floor. And next thing you know, there's a lot of activity. Maybe sometimes right then and there, you get enough smoke, they start making out. Things start heating up, right? They And then the, the oxygen goes, let's get out of here, Carbon. Let's get out of this bar, okay? I'm starting to get really hot. So the, the, maybe they leave the bar and a lot of activity goes and all of a sudden start, sparks start to fly. And all of a sudden a flame starts to happen in the back of the Uber on the way back to the crib. You have this huge fire going now. A lot of activity, and that's a fire, right? Oxygen, oxygen and carbon kind of floating around each other, then connecting all of a sudden. And then all this activity starts to happen. This heat starts to release, and all this fire starts to... And that's kind of... I, I like to look at fire. That's maybe another obsession we have with fire is just the human connection. 
it's very similar how it happens. All, we're floating up, all around each other, and then all of a sudden, boom, we connect. Sparks fly. The light and the heat that comes out of this connection of that oxygen and that carbon, of that guy and that girl coming through, meeting each other, connecting on the bar. The light and the heat that comes out of that is this is the light and heat of the sun. So in other words, these fires that happen on the on Earth, they're just mini suns. So what we could depend on for a millennia, which was the sun rising and falling, we can now look forward to every time we start a fire. So all faithful is in the backyard every time you have some friends over for some smokies and s'mores. Old Faithful is there every time you decide to light up and rip that cigar or start a bonfire out in the woods when you're camping. That's the sun. That's, that's the only thing we could trust historically right at your fingertips, which is why we are obsessed because fire literally means learning. More fire means we're staying warmer. We're able to create tools, which makes more nutritious food, which makes bigger brains, bigger brains. Shit. Who doesn't want that? With that being said, thank you for tuning in to another episode of Akeem's dream show. Stay hot, my friends.